In Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, reads like this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Say, so, yeah, look at your neighbor and say, he's testing Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called out. Yes, he replied, here I am. Lord, we thank you. We love you, and we're always careful to give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. I ask that you would move in our hearts, speak to our lives, as we open ourselves up to you, to your favor, and to your blessing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, and amen. Go ahead and take your seats, praise the Lord. Now, we talked last week about trust. If, if God can trust you, if we trust God with everything. And for the most part, we say, yes, I trust God. And uh, we want to believe that. But life's cruel. How many know life, sometimes life throws you curveballs, right? Not no, it doesn't throw just curveballs, throws knuckleballs, sliders, you know, everything, spitballs. And so then, then we get to a point where we have to find, do we really trust God? And we talked about that pretty deep. But I want to give us a, a better understanding of God's promises as it relates to our stewardship. Because that's where it is. A, see, a steward is one who manages another's uh, property. Um, and really, if we're a Christian, everything belongs to God, but we haven't really got to that point yet. But it'd be like if I had an apartment complex and I worked for XYZ uh, LLC Incorporated and they bought all these apartment complexes. And there's many of those in this, in this uh, in, um, El Paso County. And they own these apartment complexes. But I was the property manager. You guys probably know how a friend that maybe done that. And what was their job? Their job is to make sure that that apartment complex stays. No. But if they want a good pay, they want to be taken care of, they have to be a good steward of it, right? Well, Matthew 25, verse 29, he writes there, he says, For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. But this is, that, that's good, right? Now, but this is a really strange. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. Now, doesn't that kind of seem unfair? That's un-Obama-like. <laughs> right? Not spreading the wealth. It says, I could talk about Obama. He's not the president no more, right? Amen? But he says, if you have, you're going to be given more. And he who has a little bit or doesn't have, even what he has is going to be taken from him. Because huh? that tells me that the implication here is God doesn't expect his people to have not. He expects his people to have. Correct? God expects that. So that means, it, it implies as well, that if you don't have, then perhaps you're not one of God's people. That's a, when I read that, I go, man, God, you're a cold motor scooter. What are you telling us here, Lord? Oh. Is that my mic again? Let me see here. Lying devil. See, God will entrust to us what is within our own ability, ability to invest and manage. So, if you have no ability, you may think it, but you have something. So God, based on who you are, is going to give you something. I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, you know what it is. Maybe you're the, you're the best uh, crochet and knit maker in the world. Let's just say that. He gives it to you. Now, he expects you to take that knitting and crocheting and make the baddest sweaters, the best skirts, whatever you have, because it's your talent. He expects you to do something with it. Because if you don't do something with that, what he gives you, he's going to take it away. You see the principle. So people, I ain't got nothing. Everybody's got something. That's right. That's right. Okay, so that, that's for you and the Lord to figure that out. You've got to talk to God about that. So God also expects the return of what is given. 
So in other words, God just doesn't give, give you and say, okay, see you later, have a good time, eat popcorn, and I'll catch you in heaven. No. He gives with an expectation that your life is going to fulfill something, or do something, create something, be something, do whatever it is. He expects a return of what he gave you. Are you with me? Okay. Now, if anybody wants, well, let's put it this way, yeah. If anybody wants, well, I'm doing a question. Does anyone want relief of worry and tension over overdue bills? God bless all three of you, and, and, or four of you, and, and three of you are out of the Otero family. So the rest of you just love stress and love bills, right? You guys want, I'm going to give you time to get out of that, because if you want bills, you can have them. Be doing, doing, does anybody want relief for, of stress from about overdue bills? Yeah. Oh, now, okay, now you're joining my club, amen? See, and, and, and we do want this, and, we, and I'm not here to tell you that God wants to give that to you. Because we want a clear conscience before God, right? But, and if you want a clear conscience and you don't want to be on this stress, listen, I'm going to tell you something. It is paramount that you have financial freedom. Free at last. I mean, God bless Martin Luther King, but I, well, I like that one. Free at last, free at last. <laughs> Thank God I'm free at last. Financial freedom. Amen? Amen? See, when God manages our life, we need not worry. So the, then again, the, the challenging question is, if we're worrying, then who's managing our life? Come on, come on. See, we all want to walk by faith. Okay, well, God will take you, and he'll walk by faith, but he's going to, we open the scripture. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. See, you want free, we want freedom, but we don't want the test. That's like saying, I want to graduate from college, but I don't want to take the test. I want the degree without the test. I want the license without the requirements. I want this with that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hold up. God wants to give this to you, but there is a process, and you cannot neglect the process. You cannot disrespect the process. And many people want all the, the answers or the glory, but they, they disrespect the process. See, the bottom of line is this. You need to transfer ownership to God and rid yourself of debt. Now, when I say debt, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking complete debt. It's the debt of sin, right? Debt. Oh, we're, we're in debt. Debt to others. Financial debt. See, if you begin to truly transfer ownership to God, then who's responsible for the debt? Right? You guys ever have a house deed? You know, a house, right? When you buy the house, you go to closing, and they, they have a closing. And there's one thing that's very important that matters most of all. Well, there's a bunch of paperwork. There's one thing that really, really matters. It's called that deed. And the key is you got to get your name on the deed, Huh. Hello, somebody. And once you get that name on deed, you make sure they, they take it to the county clerk and it gets, it gets taken care of all the documentation. Why? Because that deed transfers what? Ownership. Anybody ever buy a house? When you buy a house, it transfers ownership. Now, let me ask this question. I know I'm answering. If you've bought a house, do you own the house? Let me say it again. If you've never bought a house, let me let you in on something. Unless you come up with cash, you pay $300,000 down or a half a million dollars down or, or for the condo, $100,000 down. Unless you put all the cashola down, you don't own the house. You have the deed, but you don't own it. You have a transfer of ownership, but you don't own the house. Why? All it's saying is you are responsible for the debt of that home. Correct? Well, see, God wants us to transfer ownership to him. Why? I don't know what, here he is, and this means when he transfers ownership, then you also give him the responsibility for the debt. Are you, can I say it again? Who's responsible for your debt? God should, if you have a transfer of ownership. Some people have not signed over their deed. 
It's like the, the pink slip on a car. I don't even know why they call it pink slip. It's not pink. That's like calling a green card green card. It's not green either. But anyway, when you, when you sign it over, then once you give it, give it over, then you have ownership. But unless it's paid, the bank owns it. Correct? Yeah, I know that fact because one time I, I had it. It was in my name. had it registered. And I didn't pay the bill. Next thing I know, a tow truck came and got it. Oh, that, that's never happened to no one. Just me. Darn tow truck. I found out where that tow truck hit all my cars. I got it back. Remember that one with Deborah? Done, done. Took my thing, man. Those guys are dirty. I had like two payments left. Two payments left. And I was late, and they snatched. I was late 45 days, and they snatched it with two payments left. Got to, you know, let me get over here. You know how that goes, amen? They wanted that car. It was paid off. Anyway, let's get back here. But nonetheless, because I didn't pay it off, I didn't own it. I was only responsible for the debt. See, many people live in, as Christians, they're in financial bondage. And financial bondage really induces physical bondage. If you look at the biblical perspective of bondage, it's expressed in Matthew chapter 5, verse 25, and it reads like this. Matthew 5, 25. Are you ready? Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Doesn't that sound so familiar? Do it while you are still with him on the way. In other words, make a deal before you get to court. Or he may hand you over to the judge... And the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth. You will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Isn't that heavy? See, biblical financial bondage means physical bondage. Physical bondage has been replaced with mental bondage. Like I said earlier, how many of you worry about your bills or worry about this, worry, and you worry? And because money makes the world go wrong, right? We know that. Remember, uh, John Lennon did say, money can't buy you love. Can't buy me love, right? Money can't buy you love. But I heard another poet, I think Bob Dylan said, but what money can't buy, it can rent. <laughs> and some people, some people be renting a lot of stuff. Huh? But nonetheless, what are you thinking about all the time? What do people think about all the time? Other than sex, there's only one other thought most people have. It's either sex or money. Isn't that a fortunate world that we live in? Bondage. Bondage. Every year, thousands of families are destroyed because of financial bondage. Every year. Christians become involved in the world system just as non-Christians do, and they begin to purchase by impulse. The torment of 22% credit card. Now, I don't know if anybody has a 22% credit card, but you know what I'm kind of, You know those credit cards that, because nobody will lend you any money, right? Because your, your credit rating is like, you know, 400, negative. You know, I told a guy, you know, God's a good trip because when I, when I got um, sick, my, my medical bills was about $230,000. And it took me four years to get out of, out of debt. And, and, and no one knew. I just, four, four years of pain and had to get out of debt, $230,000. When you have that kind of attack, and that, was, that wasn't a spiritual attack, uh, those type of bills do wonders to your credit rating. And during this time, because this is how you can know it's God. Remember I told you uh, God gave me a house. And he gave me the property. And when I had the property, I went to a bank, a guy, a friend of mine, and he said, well, why don't you fill out? I, this guy was a very wealthy guy. And I go, you know what? Uh, his name is Rob Robert. Um, I, my, my whole situation has been real unique, and I shared he knew a little bit about it. And he goes, I can't qualify for a taco at Taco Bell. <laughs> He looked at me, he started laughing. He goes, that's a good one. I never heard that one. I go, I got a million of them. Robert, you want more? Right? He goes, no. I go, really? He goes, well, you know, do you have a, he goes, does your, can your wife print out a, what's that called? On the, on the computer. Balance, balance statement? Balance statement? Yeah. On the computer? I go, hey, she can do that. 
It won't look good. He goes, just give me something. He goes, why? He goes, because I at least need one piece of paper before I give you the money. I can give you, I go, I'll give you two pieces of paper before you give me. <laughs> right? And God, God opened the doors. Right? He, he moved in. See, and why? Because at the, during that time, I said, God, you, you're doing something. And I know what's happening in my life personally. And I know what you're doing in our ministry. Right? And, and, and many people won't understand. He goes, just hang in there. I'll just do what, do what you're doing. And you're going to share this. Because you're, you're going to, listen, I'm going to explode prosperity onto your life. I am convinced I have the goods. The problem is people don't trust me enough to take my goods. Why? That's why the devil is always attacking people around me about trust. Because he knows that if you trust me, you're going to get blessed. I'm telling you, every, and I, I know people have been around me that stood around me a little bit. They get blessed, the devil lies, and they split. I've seen it like over and over and over and over. Like, my goodness. And they, they, can't, they can't connect the dots. And I know where it's at. Right? Because I have the ability to bring prosperity to your life. I'm convinced. Hmm? I'm convinced. But some people get caught in that torment of 22% credit cards. You know, paying 22%. That's like loan sharky. Loan shark. You might as well go on the corner and, and walk into Luigi. Hey, uh, I'll loan you some money, dude. You know, you're, like loan. I mean, you're getting, that's getting ripped off. That's mental bondage. Isn't that mental bondage? Like, wow. And, and there's a danger in that type of bondage of, of, of getting caught in those high percentage rates. Christians are trapped by this system. And this system of 22% of loaning, credit card, is a violation of Scripture. You know, we're, we're called to loan Christians to Christians with no interest. He's never charged interest to a Christian, brother. But even Christians now, they're caught in the system. They want to charge interest. And then they wonder, why isn't God blessing? So it's not, it isn't necessarily that you're not supposed to loan. You could loan because God's going to take care of you. But what happens? We get caught in the world system. Then we want to make all these extra deals and money where we're manipulating the system. Then we're catching, we're getting ourselves trapped into that system. We have to be beyond that and say, God, I'm going to be a blessing to people. And because I'm going to be a blessing, you're going to bless me. And not because he, he, you know, like you're special. No, because you understand the principle, and that's what God does. Amen. He's in the blessing business. And probably goes, well, what about those people that, that do it and they're trying to manipulate the system? God is not stupid. Nevertheless, it's a, it's a system. It's, it's a principle, rather. It's like gravity. I don't care how, how thin, how light you get, right? I don't care how skinny you get. If you jump off this roof, even if it's a windy day, you're going to fall and break your neck. It's gravity. Can't avoid it, right? The same thing when I'm talking about. When you understand this principle of being a blessing, you don't get caught up in the world system. As you begin to bless, God blesses. Amen. See, because that, that's the only way I can answer why a person would give me, right, the money to buy a property that really the property now is worth close to a million dollars. Why would he give me that stuff when I couldn't, again, qualify huh, for a donut, right, at Duncan's? That's another one, huh? Huh? I couldn't get any lending latte at, at Starbucks. I, could, I mean, I, I was nothing. And God gave it to me. Because uh, I'm going to let you know something I'll talk about later. The church gave nothing towards the campus. Only when I asked every now and then the church money. But the church couldn't even afford to pay for themselves. Right? Sam knows who does the books. My wife, they know. Right? You guys know. The church, we, matter of fact, I'll, I'll, talk about, I'll talk about it now. Last year we were in the red, the church. If it hadn't been for the right step and the other things that we do in ministry, the church would go under. Why? Because the people in the right step are understanding the principle that I'm trying to teach and it's being blessed. But the people in the church are not. This is a, this is a good rebuking. Huh? I'm sorry, I don't mean to rebuke. I'm trying to bless you. Amen. Amen. I'm trying to bless you. Now, now, when I say, for the most part, most here, I'm, I'm probably talking to the choir, but they're, you, you know, if the shoe fits, right, wear it, right? If the chancla uh, feels comfortable, ponte right? 
Why? Because they get caught up in the other system. And, and I, I understand this. The enemy is working double time to convince you not to trust me, as if the church gives me anything. The church hasn't paid me a salary in five years. I don't get a salary from the church because they can't pay me nothing. I do this for free. And I don't mind it because God has taken care of me. Because I do this, remember? I ain't tripping on all these other stuff. That's why I get houses given. This is my third house given to me. The church don't buy it. I have to teach the church to be free from that bondage, to begin to give liberally, and then you watch God begin to bless your life. You don't believe me? Try it. Try it. You like it, right? Try it. Oh, I tried it once. Don't try it once. Give me a break. Because the moment you start to give, the devil's going to try to slap you silly like a punk. The moment you start, right? Because he's going to want to test you. You got to do it consistently. I've been doing this 31 years. 31. Going on 32. Well, let me keep reading. Proverbs 22, 7 reads like the rich rules over the poor and the borrower, borrower becomes the lender's slave. Hmm. So you can enter in two ways into bondage. The most common type of bondage really is excessive use of credit. Credit cards. Credit cards. Credit cards companies will allow you to borrow well beyond your ability to pay. Listen, this is their technique. In fact, they're not happy by the interest. They'll give you 0% interest. You know why? Because if you're like most Americans, you'll always pay late, and they can charge legally a $30 late fee. And credit card companies do not make money by the interest. They make money by the late fees. And most everybody is always late. So they always give you a nut more than what you need because they want you to be late. That's way, that's how they make the money. Now, if you're late, don't raise your hand, but if you've been late on a couple of, that's 60 bucks, right, a month on late fees. And I would dare, 60 bucks, for, for a lot of people, that's a, almost, almost your tithe. Right, a couple more late fees, you got tithe. That's a month. See, and you see how the devil tries to take you and bring you into bondage. Why? Because he wants to keep you from being blessed. It's a very old tactic been used from the foundation of the earth. Huh? See, until we bring our debts under control to, in accordance to God's plan, no peace will ever be realized. Now, there may be legal remedies to avoid creditors. Hello? Bankruptcy? But there are no scriptural remedies. Psalms 37, 21 reads like this, The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. The godly are what? Generous givers. The wicked borrow, never pay back. See, it's really attitude is the key. Attitude brings into play a source of supernatural power. God is concerned with attitude. He will begin to work in a Christian's finances, in their livelihood, in everything you do, regardless of past actions, as soon as the attitude is correct. Attitude. What's your attitude about what you're doing for God? John 14, 14 reads like this. If, if you ask me anything in my name, Jesus speaking, let me say it again. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Okay, now that trips me out. Jesus says, if you ask him anything in his name, he will do it. If that's the case, what in the heck is he waiting for? Right? I mean, how many of you had a prayer and say, Jesus, uh, I, I'm asking this your name, and it didn't happen? Did, did, did Jesus close the door and close up shop? What, what, I, I asked myself, okay, God, what's up with that? He goes, because when they ask, they have the wrong attitude. When they ask, they're not asking for the right reasons. When they ask, they're not thinking about my plan. They're thinking about their plan. So I said, okay, I got you, God. So now I got to figure out a way 
that every time I talk to you, every time I ask you something, it's got to be about your plan. Because I'm tired of getting no. Right? I don't mind slow. I love go. But I hate no. Anybody hate no? Amen. <laughs> Shoot, we hate no, man. He said, well, do it. And then, we go, okay, God, what's the problem? I got some symptoms. If you go to a doctor, you know, the doctor, Dr. Loam right here. Symptoms. You want symptoms of bondage? If anybody's in bondage, not to anybody here, but I'm going to let you in a system, symptom of bondage. And we all, come on, we all been guilty. We all have a reason. Like I said, I had reasons. I had $230,000 in medical bills. I had to pay bit by bit by bit. Luckily, I got, got some relief, but I, I had to pay. I had to get blood transfusion every day for 30 days. It cost me like 50 bucks a day just to get blood transfusion to stay alive. That's my excuse, but it's still not an excuse. Hmm? Still not an excuse. Symptom number one, you ready? Overdue bills. As many as 80% of Christian families today suffer from overspending and have suffered from it in the past. Most families have no plan for their finances and they always have overdue bills. Overdue. We, have, we suffer overdue bills, right? We, we have people overdue. They just always overdue, always overdue. Always, that is a bad attitude. You've got to change it. If you make your payments on time, guess what? Your credit score will go up, your credit score goes up. Anything you want, you can get. Hello, someone. Proverbs 27, 12 reads, a prudent man sees evil and hides himself. Now, the naive proceed and pay the penalty. Number two, investment worries. They're always worried about what they're doing with the money. Savings, money, assets, financial bondage. That's why they call it stocks and bonds. You're, you're in bondage. You're in stocks and bond. bond. Bonds are those things that they tie to, on the wrist to the wall. You ever see those dungeons? Those, those are called stocks. And when you're in bonds, when you stick your head in there and they put your head, you're in stocks and bonds. You're more, you're more worried about that than God's plan for your life. And we're not saying to minimize, hey, everybody wants a retirement, good, 401k, fine. But what about God? Investment worries. Have you ever, and I've been guilty, I'm not just preaching to you, don't take offense. Have you ever gone to bed with money on your mind to wake up with the same thought? Isn't that ugly? You go to bed with that, and when you wake up, oh, it's still there. Oh, God. So if you have this worry, you can be absolutely sure that you're not within God's will. There are symptoms. Why? Matthew 6, 24 reads like this. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will devote it to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. For this reason I say to you, don't be worried about life. As to what you will eat, what you will drink, nor for your body, as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and clothing? Hallelujah. Huh? Don't be worried about it. Now, now remember, it doesn't say you won't have these issues. You're going to have the issues. It's not saying just remove them and, and go run to the hills and go move into a, 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 a cathedral and become a monk. No, no, no. You're going to have them. Don't worry about it. If God's in control, who's in control? If God's in control, then do we really have anything to worry about? I am convinced and I know that everything that comes to me comes through the hand of God. Everything. Even though it may look like, wow, that's terrible. Oh, what's going to happen? Now, I've been there, been there, done that. Hello, somebody. But, but I have learned now that every, that every time those big things came my way, somehow, like six, six, six months later, five months later, they're gone. And nothing happened. I'm still here, still gaining weight, still alive. Then I go back six months, and I ask myself, what the heck was I worrying about? I wasted all those hours worried. I wasted all those sleepless nights. I wasted all that time worried, worried, worried. And here I am a year later. And nothing happened. I'm okay. Somehow, I can, I can tell you how. I, I know how God did it, but it's too, to take too long. But God always came through. Always. Always. So you have the right attitude. You can't have that get rich quick attitude. 
You know, you know, you ever hear the people that always try to make money fast? No, we got to be business, but real solid, good financial stability is not a quick thing. It's a long-term, lot of work effort. And then people say, how do you do it? Oh, you might see the fruit here, but that person who's being successful, oh, wait a minute, let's back up a few years and see how much hard work, hard work, hard work, pain and suffering, pain and suffering, hard work, hard work, keep the attitude, suffering, 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 hard work, hard work, boom, then you see like, look what they got. Yeah, but it didn't just come by a quick thing. It took hard work. There's no get rich. Or even some worse that don't even want to work. Hello, somebody. They don't even want gainful employment. And then they want God to bless them. Listen, there's some people who don't, shouldn't get anything from God. Why? Because they're just, they're, they're, they're not doing, how can I say this with love? They need help. Let me put it like that. Amen? 2 Thessalonians 3.10 reads like this. For even when you were, we were with you, this is Paul talking to the church. For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. Check us out. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat. That kind of sounds fair to me, right? Doesn't mean you have to be the most industrious. You know, it doesn't mean you have to be the, the smartest and the brightest. All it means is you got to put some work in. Come on, that's good for any business, right? It's good for the neighborhood. It's good for prisons. It's good for anywhere. you got to put the work in. Even in Victor you got to put the work in. I don't care what you work for Coca-Cola, got to put the work in. I don't care where you work. If you went to work and didn't work, how long would you work there? long. So those people that have, are successful, it's not just because, poof, no, my friend, they worked. They put the work in. If it meant they studied, they become approved, they studied, they learned their craft, whatever it is, they put the work in. So unfortunately, some have lost this principle. Really? They have. And it's, a gov- not, it's not the government's fault, but it is the government. So, you know, let me, let me say it like this. Are you ready? The government is meant to be a safety net, not a career decision. The government is meant to be a safety net. Thank God we live in this country that, there, that no one will ever go hungry. Isn't that a great place to live? That is a blessing from God. I praise God for that. Can we praise God for that? Thank God there's a government that will help a single mom that needs help and raise her kids and going to help her for a while. Praise God. But some people, instead of using that as a safety net to get on their giddy-up and start being productive, they make it a career choice. Let me move on. That's not a good thing. See, again, we're talking about symptoms of why people are in financial bondage. And listen, for the most part, I know who I'm talking to, not everybody, because some of our guys, like you guys, coming up out of the home, these guys, they come out of the home, they got skills. I, I look at the guys in our home, I go, this guy could be a business owner, business owner, business owner. I mean, making money, making big money. And you're going to. But don't get caught up with, it, with these, these symptoms. Because I want you to be prosperous. Not caught up in, get caught up in the world system. Let me say like this. Trust me a little bit. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Another thing with that, a symptom is deceitfulness. Christians are in financial bondage because they are dishonest in financial matters. That deceit will financially bind a Christian and remove peace and contentment. When God begins to bring you blessings, he brings peace with it. Not not, not like, oh, God gave it to me, now it's a pain. No, 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 no. No, when God, you know it's God's blessing because everything that you get from God, that comes from God, there's peace and contentment with it. If you get something from, from somewhere, wherever it is, and, if, and there's no peace with it, it brings turmoil or trouble, I'm, you could be assured that that was not God. That perhaps was the devil himself. 
God only brings peace and contentment. So he wants to bless. So how we go? God, I want to be blessed. We all want to be blessed. How do I know it's you? Because you'll have peace and contentment. You'll be content with it. Yes, you will. And that's where we have to be. Content. Never satisfied. You have to learn to operate honestly and openly. Trustworthy. We had a uh, uh, tithers dinner. I didn't really talk about it, right? Much. And the, at that time, there's dinner, I'll let you in. And we have the document. If you want a document, I'm sure they can get one in the office. So it has all the breakdown. We found that we were 5,000 in the negative last year as a church. I mentioned that earlier. And that, that was absorbed by the, the right step. And what you don't understand, and I want you to point, I'm going to point out to you, because maybe I haven't been clear enough and I thought we understood it. But what you see operating are three independent yet symbiotic organizations. You understand what I'm saying? You have Victor Outreach Church, which we are standing in, but when you, and you go to the campus, there's two things there. You have the Christian uh, Inner City Recovery Home, which is its own independent organization that has own budget, raising own money. Then you have the Right Step, which is its own, own budget, own money, right? Then you really have a fourth that we kept, because we're going to have to do something else with it. It's the Christian Recovery Home. And we still have that, and we have that for different reasons. But you have these independent organizations that are creating their own budgets and their own finance. And they have, those out there have nothing to do with the church body. Nothing. So when I ask for an offering from the church to, 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 to get involved in, in, in the right step, I'm trying to bring the church into the blessing. Because listen, the right step and the, and the inner city recovery home is in blessings way. We're under the blessings there. Oh, let me say it again. We're under the blessings there. Well, let me say it again because they don't believe me. I said, and, and that property, we're under the blessings there. Yes. Victoria's church is still struggling. Why? Because the enemy knows he's attacking the people, the minds, and the people, like I said. And, he, and, he, what is, and what, how is he doing it? It's always been the same thing with me. Trust. Don't trust him. Don't trust him. Don't trust him. Don't trust him. Don't do that. Don't, you know what? I, 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 I'm sitting here like, man, I've lived in that room. Me and my wife, we lived in the, on the right step in our room. We had a room. Listen, I'm going to share something that's pretty embarrassing. I'm going to share. Can, can I share where we lived? Yeah, she looked at me like, I don't know. We had a room. We had no water, no heat, and no bathroom. We had to use the bathroom in a bucket for four months. Why? Because we, were, we believed in this ministry. And then people say, Try to bring, bring up all kind of mess about me. I, you know, I, I, I tell the Lord, Lord, you know, Lord, Lord, Lord. I'm so glad I'm saved. I am. You know why? Because I, I would have been a mass murderer. I would have been taking fools out. Can I say that? Can I say it like that? I'm talking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said it. Because I know. I know the price I paid. I know how hard it was. I've seen my wife suffer for this ministry and I take it, I'm cool. I hear people talk. I'm like, okay, that's, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in heavenly places. I understand that. But I got to tell you, you need to know this. You need to know this. So, my wife says, man, I love my apartment. Little tiny apartment. Got enough room for two people in the kitchen. She goes, I love my apartment. She was so happy. I go, well, don't, we're, we're going to move. She goes, no. I go, no, we're, we got to move. We're going we're gonna, to, we need a woman's home. We're going to have to do, and we've been working on the other place, working hard, trying to get it livable. Why? Because we need a woman's home. And darn it, if nobody else is going to pay a price, I am. I'm going to do this, the same thing, for another 30 years. Until somebody trusts me. I haven't changed. I haven't changed. I have people. Jose and Larry know me from day one. I haven't. Hey, I, don't, I think I'm the same guy. That's why they came with me. And they trust me. I trust them with my kids, my babies. I trust them with everything I have. I trust them. That's why we're still together. You think we're stupid? Trust. And the enemy comes and always tries to destroy the trust. 
And I'm, all I'm trying to do, listen, is teach you how to get blessed. Victor Outreach, Colorado Springs. That's it. Either you believe me or you don't. I can't change. If there was another message I changed, I've been preaching the same message since I've been here. I've been here 20 years. Hasn't changed here. Why? Because it's the same message. There's nothing new. Huh? Give. Help the poor. Help the down and out. Get somebody who, who needs help. Pull them in and let God handle your business. That's how it's done. Any other way? Any other way? It's just a game. Just a game. Good marketing. Good business plans. Hey, we could do that. But unless the Lord builds the house, he who labors, labors in vain. I went to a church in Santa Rosa. It was one of the largest churches in the country at the time. And, and, and they, they were great. They knew how to market. They called that commercials. It grew to like 15,000 people. Today, it's a convention center and it holds concerts. Why? Because unless the Lord builds a house, those who labor, labor in vain. God's building his house. God's going to build strong people. Why? People that are free. We don't want to be greedy people. Does anybody want to be greedy? Huh? You know, a greedy person is someone who never puts others first. Someone who never accepts the necessary loss. When I say necessary loss, listen, you can't win in everything. Everybody needs to have a good necessary loss. Without a necessary loss, you don't learn. We're, we're kind of stubborn, men and women. We're stubborn. And it's those necessary. Anybody had a necessary loss? You know what I'm talking about. You, uh, you look back, and it was terrible when you're in it. But when you look back now, and you come out, and you're doing your thing, you go, man, I needed that. Because that, that incident, that year, that two years, that six months, whatever it was, kicked me right where I needed it, got me in check, and now I have a better way of thinking. See, greedy people don't ever want to have a necessary loss. They just want to win, 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 win. Everybody needs a little, little, little rain in their sunshine. Greedy people always looking at what others have. Always. How come he got? What about you? How come him? I had some person say, Pastor Al, he's just building his, little, his apartment. He don't even care about the men's home. I, I said, what? I started cracking up. I started cracking up. I've, I've owned five, six houses, and I gave them all up to live in that nice apartment. That's, that person is an idiot. Yeah, I can't believe that. I do. So I said, oh, let's keep moving on. I'm sharing my, can you tell I'm sharing my heart a little bit here? I have to. So the cure for greed is simple. You know, from time to time, if you want to be cured, if you have greed, from time to time, it doesn't make, not everybody's called to what I'm called. I'm called to this. Not everybody's called like this, but from time to time, every one of us should put our wants aside to satisfy the needs of others. That's the cure for greed. Every now and then, put your wants aside and go, how can I help somebody else? Now, there will be others who God will call, Koi, Jose, Larry, huh, Nico. There are others that will call, God says, I want more from you. It's yours not just from time to time. Yours is all the time. Well, jumping in my boat. But for the most part, God is just from, from time to time. From time to time, consider the needs of others. And if we did that... In growing numbers, God would bless us. God will bless us. God's going to bless us. God is blessing. We had those testimonies on Wednesday. Blew my mind. I go, check that out. I did, not, you know, in 10 years in prison and God delivered me. I was a heroin addict. Boom, on God delivered me. I mean, on and on and on. Brother Eddie had cataracts, couldn't see. God opened his eyes. He, was, he was, couldn't see. Right in front of us, God, miracles are happening. But we're all, we're not looking. We're not seeing God. Hmm? We're not seeing God. 
We can't be covetousness, always wanting, wanting. Another thing, for you workaholics, any workaholics here? An overcommitment to work, dangerous. A life that is devoted to business pursuit to the exclusion of all else is a life of bondage. There's got to be a balance. A life of dominated by work, everywhere you go, huh? that, uh, that bondage will follow you because you'll always find something to do. Hey, we need to work, but listen, especially if you're married or husband, because men, you know how men are, well, I'm working, I'm breaking home the bacon. Listen, young man, your, your wife doesn't need bacon. She needs you. Maybe you act like a pig, but she don't need bacon. She needs you. She needs you. Got to be balanced. Amen? Amen. Remember the parable of the sower. I'm coming in for landing. Yes, I am. Some of the seed fell among the thorns. Remember that? And those thorns were the pressures and riches of life. The pressures and riches of life. And then and they grew up. They choked out the God, word of God. See, a Christian can understand God's word and be willing to obey it. But the pressures and the riches of life can choke it out so that Christians can no longer respond. And I, I, I've known a lot, many, many great Christians that they love the Lord, they want to do this for God, but the pressures of life and the riches, the wealth, when I say Richard, come on, you know how I'm talking about. I, I'm amazed, you know. I see people with car payments, you know. What do you pay for your car? 650 bucks. Whoa, 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 right? And you, and all these pressures. There's a lot of pressures, and you got these pressures from everywhere, man. And then they want to do it God's will, but the pressures of the world that they brought upon themselves keeps them from fulfilling what they really want to do. And I feel sorry for them. Because I know in their heart, they really want to do something good for God. They want to do something great for God. Yes. I'm trying to set you free. You can have those things and God. Let me, put it, let me flip it around. You can have God and those things. The problem is those things have you. Yes. And lastly, I think my piano come up. Financial, financial superiority. Those who are blessed with an abundance often, if they're not careful, will have a condescending attitude towards those who are less fortunate. Are you with me? Someone who has wealth should not think it as an honor or right, but rather a responsibility. There should be no financial superiority within the body of Christ. Because to him who is given, more is required. Huh? More is required. That's why I'm amazed. When I, I watch my mentors, my leaders, my followers, I look at Pastor Sonny. That, he's amazing to me. You know, and I shared this, when he had those all-American TVs, he had 12 TV stations. He didn't take money. He invested, and this is what really took Victor Arch over the top. People don't know about this. He invested a million dollars a year from his personal business, all-American TV, into Victor Arch. He did that for decades. So when I do what I do, I'm just following my example. At a, at a lesser le a level, of course. Like, well, that's how the man does it. That's how we're going to do it. I look at Nikki. Amazing. 74, 75? 75. 75 years old. And he travels and he speaks 200 times a year. 75. I get tired going overseas twice a year. Like, I can't do that no more. This guy is going all the time. Why? Because he, he, he understands he's not bound by this world system. Mm -mm. Can't have a financial superiority. No. In order to keep God's channel open, Christians must accept this concept of total stewardship. Huh? Steward, stu total stewardship. 
And then God's promise, and I'm going to talk about this next week, God's promises will come to you. It begins with our trust with God and everything we have. Hmm? One of the greatest spiritual references to attitude can be found in the story of Abraham. And that's Genesis 22.1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham! God called out, Yes. Yes, Lord. Here I am. So what did God do? He blessed him. He was one of the most wealthiest men of his day. He goes, God, uh, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice something. Okay, God. What do you need? I want you to give not just of your wealth. I want you to give your most important possession. Now imagine Abraham. What could that be? Your son. The one who you, who you love, Isaac. I want you to give him to me. Born of his old age, Abraham truly, truly loved Isaac. A wealthy man by worldly standards. He said, God, I could give you anything. I'll, give, I'll, I'll triple tithe. I'll give offer and united we can. I'll be a platinum member. I mean, he could have laid it out. So that's why financial bondage has nothing to do with money. He could give God anything. God said, no, I want of your most precious possession. Isaac, will you give him? God asked Abraham to take his son up to the mountaintop and sacrifice him unto the Lord. Wow. Hmm? So he packed the mule, his servant, he packed his little boy, sent him to the mountaintop, and laying his son upon the altar, Abraham raised his knife. Imagine this picture. Wealth beyond measure. And the one thing that he, he treasured more than anything else was, it was his boy. He takes the knife, raises it up, and then the last minute, don't touch him. Now I know you will withhold nothing from me, not even your firstborn. Because of this, because of this, I have a deal for you. Because you obeyed, he says, I will bless you. That was a contingent. Because you obeyed my word, I will bless you. you hear me? Because Abraham obeyed God's word. He said, I will bless you. I've always asked, I ask people, do you want to be blessed? Who wants to be blessed? Come on, who wants to be blessed? It's never an issue of money. It's an issue of attitude. Attitude. Because he obeyed. Not only did he bless him, he goes, I will bless you in this present age, but I will, I will bless your descendants. And we, I, I am his descendant. I am his descendant. That's why I'm being blessed. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.